Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. Welcome, thanks for listening. I am a coach, I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl, which is coming out very, very soon and is available for pre-order. So today I am talking to Natalia Bojanic. Natalia is the founder of Form Nutrition and she's a mindfulness teacher and she shares her story of working in a very high pressure job in PR to going to live in a monastery in Nepal. She shares with us what mindfulness is and she talks about meditation, the benefits of meditation, what the benefits have been for her and you know why probably we should all be considering trying to get some meditation into our lives as well. She also shares with us about the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute program which is something that developed at Google and it's based on neuroscience and it's a training course to help us to get the best of ourselves and she shares some really practical things that we can all be doing from this training in our own lives to enhance our mindset and our peace of mind. And we also talk about loneliness, something that affects so many of us. And and sadly, there's a lot of shame around it. But we talk about that and Natalia shares a bit of her experience on that. So just to let you know, I have a free anxiety busting toolkit available at my website, karmau.com forward slash free. If you head over there, you can get this free download. There are loads of resources in there mp3s and worksheets and an affirmation mp3 and it really does help to give you tools to manage your anxiety and become a calmer and more confident person so check out calmyou.com forward slash free for that and my book brave new girl is going to be out very very soon it's coming on the 2nd of may if you are a people pleaser if you struggle to say no if you've ever experienced imposter syndrome or found that you struggle to speak up and be heard because perhaps you're shy or perhaps you're an introvert or perhaps you worry about what other people think, this book is for you. It's about how being a bit brave can lead you to become your most confident self. I'm taking you by the hand and taking you through the steps to become your most confident self. So you can check that out. It's on Amazon, it's in Waterstones, on Audible, all available for pre-order now and available to have and read from the 2nd of May. This podcast is sponsored by Sweaty Betty. With beautiful and high-performance activewear from bum sculpting leggings to supportive sports bras, Sweaty Betty has you covered for every single sport. From the gym to the yoga studio to, let's face it, relaxing or working from home, you'll often find me wearing my favourite activewear brand, Sweaty Betty. Their bum sculpting leggings have become my new favourites. I have to say, I feel really good in them. 
They're just cut beautifully. And best of all, their leggings are built to last. They use high quality and durable fabrics. I actually have a pair of Sweaty Betty leggings from a couple of years ago that I still use and love. So Sweaty Betty are offering listeners 20% off when you enter the promo code KARMAYOU on their website. So you can head over to sweatybetty.com forward slash podcasts and enter the code KARMAYOU, that's C-A-L-M-E-R-Y-O-U, and you get 20% off. Definitely check out their stuff. I think you're going to love it. So let's get into the interview with Natalia. So welcome, Natalia. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? Really well. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Can you tell us what it is that you do and how you got to where you are today? Okay, how many minutes do I have? <laughs> uh, it's just because uh, it's a little bit complicated to explain what I do in a sense that some people think you should just have like one job and I don't have just one job. So I have like two lines of action, let's put it that way. One, it is through peace. And I teach meditation. I have an app called Sexy Mind. And I also, I am a certified uh, teacher for the program called Search Inside Yourself that it was developed at Google and based on mindfulness, neuroscience, and emotional intelligence. So I teach in corporates. And I'm a co-founder of Form. Form, it is plant-based nutrition for body and mind. And there is a mindful element into everything that we do, from carefully selecting the ingredients that goes into our blend to donate a meal to a family need in the Gambia. Wow. Brilliant. So lots of things going on. Yeah. So it's like plants, peace and purpose. Amazing. Amazing. I'm really curious about how you how you first got into meditation, because I remember we were having coffee and you were telling me about these retreats that you'd been on. And I was just fascinated by the story and how you got into it. So before doing what I do, I used to be a PR director. So about Four years ago, I used to work for brands like Land Rover, Dior, Aston Martin. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was feeling as a communicator was not really sharing a message that resonates with me. And then through the practice of yoga, through the practice of meditation, I was starting to quiet down my mind. And I was starting to trust more that voice that doesn't shout but whisper. And so meditation starts more with yoga, I would say, eight years ago, where I was using my body to get out of my brain in the times that I was really uh, stressed out and feeling unfulfilled, going like to, through divorce. And I needed um, advice uh, that didn't rely on me having to go to yoga studio to calm me down, to find inner strength, to to deal with the life curves that was being thrown at me. So, so I downloaded the app Headspace. And, and from the moment that I started like watching and this first animations that I got like really fascinated that, you know, there was a mechanism to, that would help me gain a deep understanding about myself. There was a mechanism to help me manage my emotions. There was a way of like pausing before responding. And long story short, I end up like going to the Himalayas. I trained uh, with a monk who is still like my 
let's say, my spiritual advisor. I lived in a monastery in Nepal. And and these have been like really transformative experiences. These have been um, moments in my life that has really uncovered, I think, what is the best in me. And, and that's why I feel like so passionate about sharing uh, meditation because I've been out teaching for three years. And it's amazing that what meditation does for each individual, it's, it's different because different people start meditation for different reasons. Some people, they start meditation to reduce anxiety, to increase performance. I had a, a student who started meditation because he wanted to find a boyfriend. And I'm very happy to report that now she is actually pregnant and living with a boyfriend. And this is not just because she was sitting and practicing in a specific type of meditation. But again, it is because meditation is really key for you to gain a deep understanding about yourself. And the beautiful thing, when you start observing your thoughts, your emotions, and not being heavily identified with them, what tends to naturally happen is that you start to organically gravitate towards the things that brings you joy and happiness. And the things that are pulling you down, the things that is really not serving your higher self, they start to drop. And that has been exactly what has happened in my life. And it is exactly what continues happening in my life. It's so interesting when you talk about that idea of, um, I can't remember the exact words you use, but just being able to step back from your thoughts and not be so consumed by them. Because I think, especially when you're suffering from anxiety or depression, it's about really believing those negative thoughts and really getting caught up in worries and thoughts about the past or the future. And actually meditation, it sounds like, is the kind of antidote to that to really help us to be a bit more in control of our minds rather than the minds our minds being in control of us and 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 for like i don't have a direct experience with anxiety and with depression but there was like moments in my life that i i felt down i felt down because like the work that i was doing was not fulfilling i felt that like going to work, I, I didn't really have um, a way and a platform of expressing my creativity. I didn't feel value. I didn't feel heard. Um, and that was sad. Uh, the same thing when I was going through a divorce as well. Uh, it, it, it's difficult, right? No one gets married thinking about like getting divorced, right? Um, but meditation really gave me like the inner strength. And perspective and I think if we are talking about anxiety and depression again it is an opportunity to gain perspective so another way that I, I like to use meditation a way of describing it is is that pause that you take that brings perspective and through perspective you also gain power right and not be heavily consumed by your thoughts. For me, it was also about at the moment of like taking the leap for a new venture and that may be like go 
and do my yoga teacher training in India or going and spend four weeks in a monastery in Nepal or going and do Everest base camp. It's also about like learning and gaining awareness about the different voices that we have in our heads and which are the ones that we are going to amplify, right? And which are the ones that we need like to turn down the volume. And that's that's all doing to be aware. That's all about like developing the skill of becoming the observer of your mind. Yeah, that sounds so good. That sounds like what we all need a bit more of. Well, it's this training. And that's and that's what I, I like to say. Like if you have met me three, four years ago, I I wouldn't be the person that I am now. And um it's like neuroplasticity and neuroscience has just proved that your brain changes in function and in structure depending on the stimulus that you give. And if you think of contemplative practices as a way of cultivating a virtue of your mind, and after studying like different types of meditations, um, the meditation that I has had like most profound effect in me and that's why I feel very enthusiastic about sharing uh, analytical meditation because analytical meditation focus in the thought so instead of having that misconception of thinking that what you do in meditation it is trying to stop thinking uh, which is impossible, right? Like John Kabat-Zinn, who is like the grandfather of the mindfulness movement, he says that asking your brain to stop thinking is like asking your heart to stop beating because you don't like the sound of it. It's not going to happen, is it? So with analytical meditation, uh, I have a theme in my class. And with a theme, I encourage you to hold your thought in a specific thing so it's an opportunity for self-inquiring and self-discovery because i believe that deep down we all have the answers that we need we just need to find the time to quiet down here you know and i have my hands in my head so we can listen here and now i have my hands on my heart and that's what we do yeah and when you say analytical meditation what do you mean by that so we we use like deep and penetrative thoughts. So in, in a way, uh, like just to be like very simplistic in my analogy, when I'm guiding a meditation, I'm basically asking questions. So if we are guiding a meditation uh, towards um, liberating you from fear, like we go into understanding how do you feel fear in your body? When fear is there to protect you, when fear is there to paralyze you. And sometimes um, if we want to find questions, like find answers, a really good way of starting finding these answers is by asking questions. And analytical meditation does that. Analytical meditation is a process of self-inquiry that helps you discovering yourself. And we live in a world that we know more about cars, we know more about fashion, we know more about food, that we know about ourselves. 
And with this type of meditation, you gain a deep insight about yourself. At least I did. <laughs> and, I, and I see with students as well, the same. Yeah. yeah. What was it like being in a monastery in Nepal for a month? What did you learn about yourself there? Oh, my God. Uh, it was, I, I will come back tomorrow. Uh, I, I love to talk, but I was a month nearly in, in silence. We, we, we could speak for a few hours of the day and some of like these four weeks you would not speak. But it's like deeply inspiring to, to live amongst monks, to live amongst individuals that have dedicated their lives to a spiritual practices, to the development of their minds. And the discipline that they have towards it, it is really moving. And I think if anyone applied the type of discipline into any aspect of their lives, anyone would be successful. And like the daily routine was, was quite exhausting. I would say it's kind of a boot camp for the mind because I would wake up about 4.30 to do like prostrations. Prostrations are... Um, kind of like some salutations for for the buddha but it's an exercise to humbling yourself so you go to the floor and can you do some salutation and we would have like classes teaching guided meditations group discussions on a book um so you stimulate your mind in different ways until sometimes nine ten in the evenings um and, and I'm not going to say like it was a piece of cake. Uh, some some parts of it, I, I just got a little bit, oh my God, this is too much. Because in addition, um, there is the removal of comfort. So all of a sudden, I, I, I live in a very blessed to live in a lovely flat in Chelsea. And all of a sudden, I'm living like in this monastery in Nepal. And this is a good one. Um, this was a, a monastery that was set up in the 70s to teach meditation and Buddhism to Westerns. But I got like the worst accommodation in the building and I was sharing a room with three more people from different country, a lady that snored really loudly, sleeping inside of a sleeping bag, having bucket showers with like cold water, um, having um, food was really good, but it was really limited. So all of that pressure of like not eating avocado for a month or not having like <laughs> your things um, really helps you to to focus on what really matters and to build resilience and to to appreciate like everything that you have. There was a similar experience when I was doing my teacher training in 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 India like I remember like coming back after my teacher training and having like a proper shower uh, it was just like so good so you never take anything for granted anymore and after being in Nepal I in Nepal for my for, for the monastery that I said is boot camp for the mind the day after I start um, Everest based uh, base camp track and I've never did I've never done a tracking before I used to be scared of heights and uh, and it was winter time that's when no one does it because like the temperature varies from like minus 40 to like 10 12 degrees 
but I thought, you know, I'm in Nepal, I'm close to Everest, I might as well just check it out and have a look <laughs> and see what it was. <laughs> and I think I, I didn't do any specific fitness training, but I'm 100% sure if it wasn't for the mind training, what was exercising my brain from 4.30 in the morning until sometimes 8, 9 in the evenings, I wouldn't be able to to be so calm, mm. to to realize uh, that I can feel fear in my body, I can feel discomfort in every single part of me. The time that I spent in the monastery was really what have made me able to do it. It was only by training my mind I was able to overcome fear. I was able to treat my body and myself with compassion and kindness. I, I remember like seeing people really pushing themselves that they have to be like rescued by a helicopter or going down the mountain in um in a horse or or like being like in a really horrible state and I really promised myself I said Natalia you're gonna be kind to yourself you're gonna try and if you have anything that that is saying stop it you're gonna listen to it and it was not as an excuse to just say okay I tried but I didn't do but I think having this accepting and compassionate attitude towards myself is what actually allowed me to not only get there but get there without a single blister and having fun in the process really enjoy the process uh, I, I, you know there was scary moments but um i did it i, I wouldn't do it again <laughs> but i did it <laughs> but okay. I, I fully recommend if anyone like um want like to test the physical endurance and the mental strength uh, Everest Base Camp it is it is the way to do it but but make sure you have a good shepherd with you and and I was really lucky to have a, an incredible and uh, very kind guide with me and go on a meditation retreat so it really sounds like from what you're saying with meditation we can train our minds to be able to handle life more easily, the discomfort, the challenges, the fear, um, with more compassion and more presence. And I think that's really, you know, definitely why I meditate and I consider it like an essential part of my life. And without it, I don't know where I would be without meditation, to be honest, definitely not doing this work now, probably on antidepressants and I don't know what, but um, so it really helped me massively. So yeah, I love your approach and the way you speak about it and, and explain it. Can you tell us about Search Inside Yourself? What is this? Yes, what is this? so Search Inside Yourself, um, it's a program, it's a course that it's taught in two days and it was developed by an institute called Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute. And uh, this program was originally born in Google 12 years ago. And um, it was developed by engineer number 107 at Google. So Google now has like over like 80,000 uh, employees. And this person, this engineer has been there from like the early beginning. 
and he was like really accomplished in, in his job, but he realized that he was not getting excited about doing what he was doing. And he needed a new challenge. And his challenge was to create uh, the conditions for world peace in his lifetime. And he realized that uh, world peace starts with inner peace. And then we can all have an impact in where we are. And of course, he was at Google, he was at work, and he decided that it would be like interesting to share uh, mindfulness to, to like engineers in a company that has like a global impact in the world. Uh, and then he, understand, he understood that he needed like neuroscience to, to kind of back up to make people understand that meditation and comparative practice are not like a woo-woo-woo thing um, full of like mysticism. So there is the neuroscience element where there is a lot of studies, there are a lot of um, indications on how this, this type of training your mind can actually have a tangible effect in your day. And, uh, and the third element of the course, it is emotional intelligence. And uh, this course has been developed by like the thought leaders in, in the market. So it's, it's a very experiential uh, course. So it's not just about me and a co-teacher going and just like dumping a lot of information on you. Uh, but it's also based in horizontal learning where what we do is actually expanding our capacity of learning. So actually the, con the, the, the vessel can hold new information. So there is an element where we are like sharing information, sharing studies. There is an element where we are guiding meditation. There is an element where we are journaling. There is an element where through the practice of like conversations between like pairs or groups. Um, as a teacher, it's an incredible program to teach because as much as you are sharing, you're also learning from the audience. And I, I was very lucky to teach at the Samaritans for example. And there is a part of the course that is all about mindful listening. And, and you got there to mindful listening where like you are having a conversation where you're training yourself to not think what is the next thing that you were going to share, but you're actually fully present there for the person. And then I just go, now, now you tell me about how you practice mindful listening because you have like way more experience than we do here. Um, and it's a, it's a global corporation that now it's not um, inside of Google anymore because they realized it was such an impactful program that they created a non-profit organization to spread this program outside Google to other companies as well. Um, I just, um, I'm nearly certified, uh, and we have like friends from all over the world, like from Brazil to Thailand, to Nigeria, to Europe. And, um, and everyone has the same mission and it's bringing mindfulness, emotional intelligence and neuroscience to people that are not necessarily open to it, to people that potentially are curious, but they do not know how integrated into their daily lives.
And um, it is important that people understand that although it's called Leadership Institute, it's not just for the CEOs, it's not just for for the people that have like senior uh, jobs, but everyone is a leader. And that's the belief uh, that everyone can have an impact, everyone can have an influence. And by creating a culture of compassion and collaboration, we can actually achieve higher results. Um, there are studies showing that the number one component for delivering extraordinary work is psychology safety is when inside of a team you feel safe to give your opinion you you don't feel like people are going to be close-minded to new ideas you you will know that setbacks and failure will be seen as an opportunity to grow and that's when people they can really express themselves authentically and from that place creativity flourishes but in order to achieve that, you, you need to start by training the mind. And that's why the course starts in a building block where we first share about mindfulness and then we moved into self-awareness and then self-management and then from self-management to motivation and from motivation it goes to compassion and then leadership. Uh, so it's, it, it's, it's a, it, there is like open uh, open and public programs that you can buy a ticket depending where you are and go attend the two-day courses or the course can be taught by people like me that I can go to a company or I can organize a private event and host the training. <clears throat> Sounds so so interesting. Is there anything that you can share from that course that, pe that listeners can incorporate into their lives or is there kind of a, a tip a top tip or a couple of top tips from that that you would suggest people could do i think um the first one it is especially uh for an audience that it's new to meditation and they potentially think that they live in a world that is full of demand that all of a sudden you're bombarded with like a hundred different things uh, that is requesting your attention and you just get overwhelmed and you don't know what to do. So there is a practice that it's called like three breath practice. So anytime that you feel anxious or overwhelmed by the demands of the day, all you have to do is to stop and take three breaths. So in the first breath that you take, breathing through your nostrils, you just bring your full attention to the process of breathing. The second breath, you bring your attention to your body, into any sensations in your body. And the third breath, you just ask yourself, what is important now? And this is this sounds like a really small thing to do, but just with like three breaths, that it doesn't take like more than 30 seconds, you just take a moment to reset your nervous system calm yourself down so then you can ask yourself what is important now and that will help you with your decision-making process 
And that will help you having the clarity of mind to deal with what is in front of you. That's like one of uh, the practices that, that I, I personally find quite helpful because I I have a day where I have to to take like different decisions on a daily basis, right? In addition to teach meditation, I'm also a co-founder of a plant-based company and we are a startup. So Form is basically me and my co-founder, Damien, uh, who have to play like different roles at the same time. In one moment, we are opening uh, a new retail account. The next moment, we are like dealing with new product development. The next moment, we are dealing with like a social media inquire. And the next moment, we... Anyway, every single time, there is something in front of me like asking for my attention. So I have the time to just pause and decide, okay, this is what I'm doing right now. It really helps me work in an effective way. I love that idea of just asking what's important right now because I know for me, it's really easy to get overwhelmed by all the things that need to be done and the to-do list that just grows and grows and never seems to get any shorter and just actually coming back to like, what am I doing right now? What am I focusing on right now? I love that idea. Really powerful. Thank you. And they're like, so like, there are about like, I think, twenty six micro practices uh, within like the course. And I think that's why, uh, as soon as I, I took the course, I decided, okay, I'm going to take this teacher training. Doesn't matter if that is a year long. Doesn't matter that I will have to go to San Francisco and then I will have to go to Berkeley. This is how I can give practical tools that people can apply on a daily basis and actually tools that I can useful myself as well yeah 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 is there anything else that you do to stay calm when things get hectic um there is um i think the other thing that i liked about the course it is how you handle difficult conversations and uh and although like the program it is about cultivating a culture of compassion and collaboration it is important that people understand that compassion is not an attitude that just allows people to just walk all over you it's not about being fluffy and saying yes to everything but actually understanding how to also say no the most compassionate people are the people who know how to create boundaries and having like the clarity of mind on how to do that. And with business, if you want to have a growing business, you have to be smart with your decisions. So you have to learn how to say no, you have like to be uh, quite demanding with what you do, but you can remain competitive without being cruel. And one of the things that uh, is a big part of the course is how you manage like the difficult conversations. And difficult conversations are like that conversations that you know it's important to have, but you keep avoiding how to have them. And there is a, a simple structure on, on really understanding, first of all, before you have the conversation, what is at stake with that difficult conversation? And sometimes if you're angry about something, um, understand where is that 
anger coming from before you address the issue with the person. So you first do the inner work yourself, and then when you're going to present the situation for the person, you present the situation as, as a journalist is reporting a fact. And then you also put yourself in that person's shoes before you have the conversation with the person. So at the same time that you did the inner work to realize what is in stake for you in that conversation, you also put yourself in the shoes of that other person. And then you go and you assess the situation. And from that side, doesn't matter what is the outcome of the conversation, you will be able to communicate and connect from a more human place. So three things. So first, you do the inner work, realize what's on stake with you. And then you go and put yourself in the shoes of the other person, see what it's stake at the other person. And then when you present, you report the issue from a third perspective, from a journalist's perspective, and then see how that conversation, and that is not only at work, even like if you have like an issue with your boyfriend, with your husband, instead of saying, oh, I'm angry at you because you did this, you did that, and, and you're just not good enough. But just have that sort of conversation, well, why is he doing that? What is like my share of responsibility on that conversation? Then when you present, you don't present from attacking, but you present also making the person understand how you feel about the situation, which is not easy because it puts you in a more vulnerable position. But it's from that vulnerable position that you can have like real conversations from and address like the mm. sore point of the conversation instead of having like just conversations that uh, are just a waste of time so it's the idea around thinking about what's at stake is that to try to motivate you to have that difficult conversation to actually recognize why you're having that conversation yes why you are having that conversation or even potentially why you are avoiding having that conversation mm. right if you're going to ask for a pay raise maybe you might be doubting if you really deserve that increasing salary or even if you're going to ask to work for home once a week so have like a, a bit of time where you're not constantly interrupted by people coming to your desk where you don't feel like overwhelmed by like meetings where you're not really being productive when you present the conversation, you don't want your boss to feel you're not competent enough. You don't want like your boss to feel that you're being lazy. So when you ask yourself, what is at stake for you? You kind of realize the underlying issues that you can address within yourself. So then you can address with the other person as well. Mm. So interesting. So there interesting. is a book. I'm sure lots of people can relate yeah, to that. There is a book called A Difficult Conversation. So um, the um, uh, this this whole session of the course is based by this book that was written by three Harvard lawyers who are specialized in negotiation. And Obama, when he was at the White House, he made like his staff read that book because he thought that it was just like so important that people knew how to deal 
uh, with like difficult conversation in a nice, skillful way. What's the book called? Sorry, difficult conversations. Yes, and you can buy on Amazon. Okay, interesting. That sounds good. I'm sure lots of people can relate to that because it's. I think certainly with anxiety, lots of us are people pleasers, find it very hard to say no, find it hard to ask for things because we're worried about what people think. And so that's really good, really good framework just for starting to overcome that. And, and, so and really in the good. book explain in a way more eloquent way than I just did as well. <laughs> so the book is really good because it gives you a lot of like practices and exercises. So it really mm. teaches you how to handle um, difficult conversation and it's so liberating when you just put out there instead of like just button up, button up and bottle up. Better out than in. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, can, you, can you tell us, is there anything that you're struggling with at the moment and how are you overcoming it? I think uh, one of the things that, I, that I'm struggling with, it is um, really being honest with how much I commit myself to uh, because I am in a very privileged position of really love the work I do that being with four and that being with like mindfulness and meditation every single opportunity that comes I love to say yes and and that sometimes put me in a position where I don't realize all the other things that I'm saying no to. So like having a personal life, having fun, having time with my family, having time with friends. And by like just burying myself at work and with work because I find it exciting and four years ago uh, that wasn't the place that I was and it took me a lot of time to to really understand what it is that I was going to do in the world that it was going to bring fulfillment to my life and now that I kind of found it I I kind of don't lose a single opportunity and as a consequence you end up feeling a little bit lonely you realize that the interactions that you have, it's via DMs or Instagram or WhatsApp. Sometimes it's not even like calls, um, like not making time to see friends and having like a one-to-one -one conversation that is nothing to do with work. Um, it's something that it is a problem. And the other day I was in a talk and this doctor, he shared that loneliness has the same negative effect in your health as smoking 15 different cigarettes a day. Wow. And I said, Jesus, I'm eating like all these green juices, plant-based protein, meditating, and I'm not realizing that I, I do suffer from like being lonely because I don't prioritize fun, I don't prioritize in friends. So I am trying to take a bit of time to like see, at least like see, physically see a friend once a week. And yes, I'm not going to say that I have done that every single week, but I, I think I managed a couple of weeks, but there is certainly room for improvement. 
so interesting and I think unfortunately it's really common and I think especially amongst women it seems like loneliness is on the rise and we're so connected online but actually loads of us miss out on um, those real in-person connections and I can definitely relate to what you're saying um, when I was writing my book last year I just had to be getting my head down focusing writing if I went out that would just take away from my writing time so I was having to just say no to things but realize how much I was isolating myself and had to sort of turn that around so it's good that you've noticed that that's a problem and you're taking some steps to to change that and just for people listening to to really just be aware if if loneliness is a problem and to think about what action you can take to to help yourself because it is such a big problem um so common unfortunately i remember like um, a weekend that i realized that the first time i listened to like the sound of my voice was when i was ordering something at MS when i was paying from my from my bill at MS. i said oh my god that's bad yeah, yeah. So I think, I think first step is bringing awareness to that and then thinking about what you can do to change it. Definitely. So I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared. Can you tell us about where people can find out more about you and what you do? Yes. So people can find more about uh, me on my website. It's um, www.sexymind.co.uk. They can sit and meditate with me. My app that is also called Sexy Mind is available app uh, for in app and for Android. And then if they're curious about like plant-based nutrition for body and mind, they can find us uh, for nutrition.com. Same thing for the Instagram. Amazing. And I can attest that the form protein shakes are <laughs> delicious and some of my favorites so thank amazing. you i think i'm happy you like it i i say that basically what i try to do is turn like our favorite desserts into like a healthy uh high protein blend is there a tiramisu one or something? yes is it tiramisu? there is a tiramisu one oh and it's well, have you not tried that yet i have tried have it you? i have tried okay. it it's although delicious. i don't make sure i send one to you it's my favorite it's really, really my favorite because it doesn't have a really strong flavor of coffee and it's not too sweet. It's just like perfect with coconut yogurt and it feels like having dessert. Amazing. I'm going to have to get some more of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting to me and I hope to see you soon. Thank you, darling. Thank you very much for the opportunity and have a lovely day. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Come and let me know what you thought on Instagram. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do let me know on Instagram and also share it with a friend who might benefit from this as well. And please do subscribe and leave me a review if you're listening on iTunes. Thanks so much. I'm wishing you a great week and sending you loads of love. Hope you'll see you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. 
But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland. And you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.